Easter is a wonderful, wonderful time of the year. And at Horizon, one of our favorite scriptures to talk about at Easter is Romans 8 and verse 11, where it says this, The Spirit or power of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The amount of power that was required to raise Jesus from the dead lives in you. And it's available to you. More power more power than your 67 Camaro RSSS, which was the car I always, I always wanted growing up. More power than the Tesla car that Mr. Musk is trying to make for us. More power than anything. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and to me. And we believe that Easter is far more than a holiday that we celebrate, far more than just getting together with friends and family, although we love that. In fact, it's about... Jesus, that he came, died, buried, and rose again, and Easter power is meant to be experienced in our life today. Everybody say, experience it. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that overcame the grave, that pushed back darkness, is available to you and to me. That's a wonderful story about Easter, where it goes on to say, just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. God intended that Easter power would come into our dark areas. God intended that he would give that Easter power would give life to our dead areas, the places of dead dreams, the places of dead hopes, the places of, of no expectation anymore. Easter power makes the impossible possible. That's what Jesus came to do. How many of you have ever been afraid of the dark? Anybody when you were little, you were the one. I was always the one who was afraid of the dark at night. I often had nightmares, and uh, I would wake up, and if I was on the top bunk, we were six kids in three rooms, so somebody was always on a bunk, uh, and so I sometimes got the top, top bunk. I don't know how. We had some kind of a system that we worked out. Usually one of my big brothers, after they beat me, said, this is what you get, whatever's left, the top bunk. And sometimes when I was in the top bunk, I'd have a nightmare, and I'd fall out of the top bunk onto the concrete floor. And some of you stop looking at me like that. That explains a lot about you, Pastor. No. <laughs> It'll be nice. It's Easter Sunday. But I would have these nightmares, and I would wake up, and, and I'd feel like somebody was looking in my, my window. And so I would pull the blanket over your head, because when you're five years old, you believe if they can't see you, you can't see them, it's all good. So I'd cover over, and I would slowly work my way towards the door, barely moving, because I knew that that boogeyman, if he saw me, he was going to get me. So you move a little bit more. I'm still alive and move towards the door, and get out through the doorway, and then run, and get to my parents' room, where they'd say, go back to bed. <laughs> when we had our own kids, I would sleep, and I would wake up in the night, and you'd be sleeping dead asleep, and you'd, I don't know how, but somehow God's made it that your children can wake you up without doing anything, and so I'd be laying there, and one in particular, you'd wake up, and you're laying like this, and you'd open your eyes, and there's somebody standing yeah. All my nightmares became real in that moment. I was like, what's going on? And if you're in the dark sometimes, and you, this is a tip. If you can't find the missing piece for your Lego, take your socks off and your shoes, turn the lights off, and just start walking. You're going to find that piece of Lego, the one that's been missing for a long, long time. And sometimes, though, in the dark, we make bad decisions. And things like 
There was a man back in the day before electricity. He was a tight-fisted old farmer, and, and he had an equally cranky wife. Nobody elbow anybody. We're not talking about anybody in the room. The days before electricity. And he, with his, his, he was taking his hired hand to task about something because this hired hand had the nerve to take the lighted lantern to go visit his special girl. Why, he exclaimed, that old farmer said, when I went a courting, I never carried one of them things. I was always in the dark. Yeah, the hired man said, uh, and look what you got. I said she was cranky and all that. Long time ago, uh, not that long ago, I was in Ghana, West Africa. I've had the privilege to be there a number of times. And, and uh, one time we were out in a very rural area, and sometimes the power is not that reliable. It'll go out for almost no reason at all. And we were parked on a road, and we had to walk through uh, a forested area into deep into the forest where there was a church and a small community, a village. And we had to walk towards it. It was pitch dark, and uh, all we could see is one light off in the distance where this church was, and we could hear people singing. And we had to make our way towards it. It was a stormy night, and as we made our way towards it, suddenly the storm knocked the power out, and it was pitch black. And we're, oh my goodness, where and how are we going to get there? And thankfully, somebody in the church turned on a light, a little flashlight, probably about that long, and from a distance we could see the light, and we were able to make our way through the darkness towards the light and get to the church service, and it was a wonderful night there. And in the Bible and in the literature, and generally in our culture, darkness uh, will symbolize or, or be a way to recognize associated with things that are evil or even with death. It's always the bad guys who move around in dark clothing to symbolize dark deeds. There's Darth Vader in Star Wars. Any Star Wars fans? Yeah. There's the dark land of Mordor in the Lord of the Rings. Or there's Tom Brady in a New England Patriots jersey. Dark, okay, uh, sorry, still wounded from the Super Bowl. But on a much more serious note, we see darkness all around us in the world. We see darkness like what we heard this morning in Sri Lanka, terrorism and hunger and epidemics and slavery still chains countless millions of people. The homeless still search for, home, for homes in darkness. There's darkness. There's not only darkness around us, there's darkness, darkness that's near us. Maybe it's near you when your credit cards are full and your bank account is hemorrhaging uh, money and hemorrhaging, not money anymore, hemorrhaging red ink or perhaps your neighbor or your friend's marriage is blowing up and you're kind of wondering and nervous of it's getting closer, will yours be next? Maybe the anxiety that you struggle with overcomes you more often than you would ever imagine, more often than you would like. Perhaps you've gotten a diagnosis from the doctor that has you terrified as you look forward to what might come, darkness near us. And then there's the darkness that's in us, the temptation, the sin we all fight, the sin that's been done to us by other people, people who should have been there for us, did things against us, people who should have protected us, abused us, people who should have advocated for us, betrayed us, people who should have helped us, hurt us. All of us, if we went around the room, would have a story like that. And then there's the other thing that sin 
that we do. There's the sin that's done to us, and then there's the sin that is done by us. It's our selfishness. It's our greed. It's our hatred and our unforgiveness. It's the things that are going on behind closed doors that we hope no one ever finds out. Make no mistake, no matter what age, no matter your station in life, no matter if it's your first time in church or if you've been here a long, long time, we all have some darkness inside of us at times. The shadow of sin has crossed over us, and sin destroys lives, sin destroys families, sin destroys cultures. It destroys in so many ways the darkness of sin. But the good news is, you're like, hopefully he gets to that sometime soon. The good news is that Jesus came, and he said this, and the Bible says this about him. In him, that's Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines. Somebody say shines. In the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. In him was life. And the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Life, the light of God. Seen in Jesus. You know, light is not just a, an on and an off thing. Light is actually a form of energy. It, it pulsates and moves through the atmosphere at 100, and I'm going to play, I'm, not, I'm going by memory. High school was a long time ago, 186,000 kilometers a second, or miles or something. I grew up in the transition time, kilometers, miles. So here we go. But it goes fast. But when the light hits the retina of your eye, it makes things visible that were always there. You see things that you could not see before. And also, light makes color visible. Light makes color able to be seen. That's what light does. It's energy. It makes things visible. It helps us to see things. Where there is light, we see. Where there is no light, we don't see. And so as incomplete of a metaphor as it is, Jesus saying, I am the light of the world, is saying this, I have come to dispel darkness. I have come to show you the way. I have come to bring color and life and hope to your life. That's what the light of heaven showing in the person of Jesus is all about. And here, so he came in the person of Jesus, and he came to show a different way. He, he came to model a, the hope of, a, of heaven and, and show people that a new way of living is possible that what humanity has always dreamed about and hoped for but miserably failed at because of sin. Jesus said, I have come as the light to show you the way forward. I've come to show the way in the darkness that's around us, the darkness that's near us, the darkness that's in us. But in the last week before Easter, Despite Jesus going around healing, despite him going around doing good, despite him breaking the barriers that society had erected between God and man, and man barriers of, of gender, barriers of people who, people who would say, you're a refugee, you have no place, you're this, you have no place, you're a woman, you have no place. Jesus came and said, those barriers don't matter to God. They've been constructed by people to put a barrier between man and God. But Jesus said, I'm going around all the barriers. I'm going under the barriers. I'll go through them, whatever I have to do. The light has come, and light has come to bring light and hope and goodness and the, the love 
of God into dark places, the darkness that's around us in our world, the darkness that's near us and stalking us, or the darkness that hides inside of us. Jesus has come as light to show a better way. But in spite of all that, he came and things begin to change in the week before what we now call Easter, where darkness began to stalk him a little closer and Jesus went to the cross and darkness seemed to be overcoming light in that moment. Darkness beat him up. Darkness stabbed him. Darkness nailed him to the cross and seemed to be winning the day once and for all. Despite what he came and said, light has come and darkness will not overcome it. On Good Friday, that seemed to not be true. And finally on the cross, Jesus cried out, it is finished. And he died. And Jesus was buried and darkness seemed to have overcome light. Light seemingly that had come, the light had come. In the days before, Jesus came as the light, and darkness was winning the day. And in that moment, on Good Friday, it seemed like darkness had won. Light was stuffed into a tomb. Light was locked up. Hope was shut up, sealed up. And darkness says, we win. It's finished. We win. It's finished. But it's not over. As Bob Goff, a writer, says this, he says, at this moment for Jesus, darkness fell. His friends scattered. Hope seemed lost. But heaven just started counting to three. Friday went one. Saturday went and it was all quiet. Two. And Sunday is coming. Three. And we see in the chapter, or in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, it says this early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. What is going on? What do you do in the midst of darkness? The darkness that's around you, the darkness that is near us, the darkness that is in us. Mary, she had a name. I love how the Bible does this. We can sometimes make Easter about the world or about some big thing, which it is about that. But it's also about Marys of the world. Because it, Mary had a, had a name, and her name mattered to God. Mary had a story, and her story mattered to God. And the Bible includes details like this to remind us that you have a name, and God knows it. That you have a story, and God knows it. And that God, in the midst of your story, loves you, and your story is important to God. Don't ever believe that God doesn't see you. Don't ever believe that God doesn't know your name. Don't ever believe that God doesn't know the story and the pain and is opening a way forward today for you. But here she is in the midst of darkness. You see, she had been through some things. But the light of Jesus had come into her life and had absolutely transformed her life. But Good Friday had come and darkness had seemed to win the day. And she was in a moment and what do you do in darkness? While it was still dark, the dew was hanging on the leaves. While it was still dark, she went. The confusion seemed to reign and darkness seemed to have overcome her hope and pain was intense. The confusion seemed to reign within her. What is going on? How is this going to end well? Because darkness seems to have won. It seems like it's finished. And she went while it was still dark. 
she went towards the tomb where Jesus the light was and something supernatural happened. Mary shows us what to do when it's dark, when we're in the midst of the darkness that's around us, when we're facing the darkness that seems far too near to us, when we're battling the darkness that is inside of us. Mary shows us the way and she makes this statement by her actions. In the midst of the darkness, turn to his light. In Matthew 28, it goes on to say, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said he would. When Jesus was saying, it is finished, and hell heard, they won, Jesus said, it is finished, and what he meant by that is the debt has been paid for, your, for the sin of humanity and I've made a way where there was no way before back to the Father. And when he said it is finished, he's saying the power of death and hell and darkness to hold the lives of humanity has been broken. It's finished. It's ended. It's over. I've made a way. And where darkness had tried to snuff out light, light would not be overcome and light comes back in a way. Gotcha, devil. Gotcha, darkness. Light will not be overcome by darkness. And Jesus said this, that the, in the light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. When he said it's finished, death, darkness, and hell, it's finished. Light has struck back. And darkness and all hell and the, the evil and all of that it represents could not overcome him. And because it could not overcome him, when you follow him, it means this, that darkness cannot overcome you, that darkness cannot overcome what God has planned for you, that darkness cannot overcome you even when at you face death's door, that you face it with hope because light has shone in your life and light has opened a way forward for your life and life has reconciled you to God through the light of Jesus Christ. There is a way in the midst of darkness, turn to his light. In Nanaimo, a number of years ago, we were on our way back from the island, and uh, we were trying to catch the last ferry, so we got there about three or four hours on a long weekend before the last ferry, and if you've ever waited for a ferry, how many of you have waited for a ferry before somewhere? You're like, this weekend, I think there was people ready to, to lose it uh, because of some things going on, but we were sitting there waiting and waiting, and finally, it came very apparent that we would not get on that night, and so we were either going to sleep in the car or something else, which we were not going to sleep on the street or, or in the car because we had, I think, a, a child with us and my brother and his wife, and all of us were in the same vehicle and not a lot of room. And so we went to this, like, kind of like, it was like Christmas, the, the last inn at the end of the row. And when we went there, they were like, we got a room. It's kind of up around the back, up around the corner, through the store, underneath, over here, under there, and then it'll be right there. Oh, okay. It's the only room we have left. And you're like, oh, Jesus, help me. And so here we are in that moment, and we go, we get around, and we open a door, and we flick the light switch on, and you hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So we turn the light switch on. Turn the light switch on again. <laughs> Full of cockroaches. So that night, we slept with the light on. Not because I was still afraid of the dark. I'd grown out of it by then. 
But cockroaches hate life. And it's a great analogy for the reality of the gospel. It says this, when you turn, on, turn to his light, the cockroaches of fear that have held us back run. The cockroaches of the fear of death go. The cockroaches of the, of the anxiety that you, that you face on a daily basis go. When you turn to his light, the cockroach of confusion runs. When you turn to his light, the cockroach of addiction, the hold begins to break off you. When you turn to his light, the darkness that has been so close to you begins to be pushed back from you. That's what Jesus does. Since he conquered death, and he li- if he lives inside of us, then your darkness, then my darkness, then the darkness of our world gets pushed back and can be conquered through him because he is light. Easter power is not just meant to be celebrated. It is meant to be experienced. We believe that life will only be better if you embark on a personal, vibrant relationship with Jesus in your journey. John 8 and 12 says this, that, that Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus, the light of the world, brings real life to each one of us. He said, the light reveals the way forward for your journey. Follow means I stop going my way, and when I turn to the light, I go his way. And then what happens is that the light of heaven that was in, present in Jesus, God himself, comes, and when I follow him, that light becomes inside of me. And the life that was in him, the power that was in him, is in me. And Easter power goes from being celebrated to being experienced. And the power of Easter that broke death, hell, and the grave, and fear, and the darkness that's around you, the darkness that's near you, the darkness that's inside of you suddenly becomes and is inside of you and light comes where darkness have been winning the day and no darkness can overcome him and no darkness can overcome you when light comes amen in the midst of the darkness turn to his light the light of Jesus is intended to move through us to shine hope and love to the world around us. That's why we do things like helping widows and orphans. That's why we do things in our city to serve our city because light is intended not just to come to us but also to go through us. And Jesus, who is the light, he comes near to us in the midst of our confusion where we feel more questions than answers. Jesus comes near. He comes near to us in the darkness of our shame and our anxiety. The light comes near to us to give us purpose for our journey. The light of Jesus comes in us to bring healing to the hope, or healing and hope to the places that have been broken by the sins done against us by people. The light of Jesus comes to forgive the sin that we have done that has hurt and offended God and hurt other peoples and continues to destroy our lives. The light of Jesus is the hope that when we die, we will face an eternity with hope, not without hope, where we pass from this life to eternity with God. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life in them. Stop going my way and go his way. The light of Jesus is available to you, but it has to be activated. How many of you have ever got in the, in the mail or maybe an email from your bank and says, You have credit available to you. It only needs to be activated. Anybody ever got one of those? Just call this number. Go to this website. If you don't call the web number, though, if you don't go to the website, what actually happens is you don't get what is available to you. Even though it's actually sitting there available to you, 
You don't get it unless you activate it. In the same way, darkness can be dispelled, but you have to turn on the light. You have to take a step. And that's what Jesus was saying. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And as the band comes, this light is freely available to everyone. Will you activate it? Will you turn on the light switch so that you can dispel, be a part of dispelling the darkness that's in our world around us? So that you can be one that pushes back the darkness through the light of Jesus in you. The darkness that is near you is pushed back through you. So that the darkness that's inside of you can be broken and light can begin to go from the inside out and begin to change you. Jesus said this in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone, anyone, the person that you think is too far gone, whether that's you or it's your neighbor or someone else, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is the light for you in your journey? And in the Bible, this word believe does not mean just uh, like I take it. Yeah, it's possible. I guess I can believe that. Believe in the Bible has always had an action, uh, an action associated with it. You don't really believe something until you do something about it or with it. And so today, in, in the next few minutes, with no one moving around, just be still. This is what we've been about today. This is what Easter is about in these next few minutes. Philippians 3, 10 and 11 says this. Paul, one of the writers of the Bible, says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Jesus or raised Christ from the dead. In other words, the pathway to know to, to the resurrection power is that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. That I will not just know about God, but I will know Christ by believing in him and I can experience the resurrection from the dead. And not only that, he changes my today and not just my every day of today, but he also determines my one day. That one day I'll get to stand before God, before God in, in eternity. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from today. But you can't have any of it unless you activate it. Light for today, hope for eternity, without this knowing of Christ. One way or another, I'll experience the resurrection from the dead. Only Jesus, the Christian faith would teach that only Jesus can be light in the darkness around you. Only Jesus can be the light in the darkness that's near you. Only Jesus can deal with the darkness that's in you. It's in me. Only Jesus can bring light to our darkness. Only Jesus can bring life to our dead things. Only Jesus can bring purpose to our pain. Only Jesus can bring peace to our confusion. But how do you do this? How do you turn the light switch on, so to speak? Most important to know that it's not a church decision. It's not a religious decision. If I do this, then I need to join a church or anything like that. I believe that that's an important part of it, but it's not a necessity of it that you do this and then you have to do all this list of things. The first thing is just begin to follow Jesus. But how do you do that? I want to know Christ, Pastor Craig, like you said there. I want to experience the resurrection power in my life to push back darkness in various spaces and places that I'm in. I want to know Him. Only one thing to do to begin the journey is a decision today. It's time. It's time to turn on the light. It's time for resurrection power in the midst of darkness. Turn to his light. 
It's time to begin a vital spiritual journey with Jesus. Like me on that, trying to find my way to that church, and someone turned on the light and showed me the way. Like Jesus came and became flesh and walked with us, went to the cross, paid the price to defeat darkness and walked with us and showed us the way to heaven and showed us the way to live life that we're always created to be in and living, to break the power of death, hell, and darkness in us. And maybe today, we're if you want to pick up that uh, little card again, it's right there at the very bottom on one side. If it's not on the side you're looking at it, flip it over. There's four boxes, A, B, C, and D, and I'm going to explain those in a moment. But you're in one of those boxes, whether you pick it or not. And I'd like you to think about this in the next few moments. I'm And pick one of these that describes where you're at. Number A, or letter A, I'm already in a real relationship with Christ. B, maybe this is you. I'm beginning a real relationship with Christ. I want to activate the Easter power. I want to activate light in my darkness. Maybe you need a fresh start. Maybe you don't know God. And you're saying, Craig, today I'm beginning a real relationship with God. Or maybe you're in C and you're like, I'd like to consider it a bit more first. I'm, I don't want to rush into a decision. I feel like I need to wait a little bit and think about it, consider it a little more. No problem. Keep doing that. Come back next week and explore your journey of faith, what it would look like to follow Jesus and his claims for your life. Or maybe you're D and you say, I don't ever intend on making that decision. I would challenge you, if that's you, to tick that box as well. And we're going to pray for you. And you say, well, don't pray for me. I don't believe that. Well, if you don't believe it, then you won't care if we pray because it doesn't do anything. But I believe that as we pray, that God's going to work on your life and you're going to move up. Maybe next year you'll be at C or we'll see you at Christmas and you're going to move up to B. I don't know. But I know that God begins to work as we pray. So take a moment or two and, and I'll give you a, a moment or two to tick the box or check the box. And when you're done, just bow your head and I'll know that you're done and we'll pray. A, B, C, or D. And if you don't want to tick any of the boxes, it's going to be fine. You'll just throw it in at the end. That's fine too. But I just challenge you to think about this moment, bringing Easter power, not just a holiday you celebrate, but a reality you experience, the light of heaven. Come. A, I'm already. B, I'm beginning. C, I'm considering. D, I don't. When you're done, just bow your head and I'll know that I can begin to pray. In this moment, Lord, I pray for those contemplating a step where people are saying, I'm tired of darkness winning against me. I need to turn to his light, Jesus. I'm ready to go from where I am to where I could be. I'm ready to see and experience the power of the light of heaven in my life. All you have to do is believe. Lord, help us with our unbelief. And if you're ready and you checked B, I invite you to pray this prayer in your heart. We're not going to do anything more than pray. But I invite you to pray this in your heart. Thank you, Jesus, for, for coming to die in my place. And I maybe personalize it. Jesus... Forgive me for living my life without you. Jesus, take my life. I surrender everything to you. I invite you into my life to be the forgiver and leader of my life.
be number one in my life. And with the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. I give you my life. And let this be a moment, Jesus, where everything changes, that the light and power of Easter comes to each and every one. In your name we pray. Amen. In a moment, Daniel is going to come, I think, in the MCs. But let me challenge you, wherever box you ticked, if you would be willing to make this reality in your life and say, I want to make that decision. Give a year of your life to it. And I, I can absolutely guarantee it because I've seen it happen again and again that your life will be absolutely different if you'll give Jesus, the light of the world, a place in your life. Thank you for coming.